This After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Wendy Presser at Magical Journeys Travel is proud to be a sponsor of the After Dark Podcast Network. Whether you've been to Disney one or a hundred times, there's still lots of planning involved. Let Wendy be the one on at midnight when your window opens to get that Be Our Guest reservation or that covers with Anna and Elsa fast parts for your own princess. Mention that you heard this ad on one of our podcasts and get $25 off your deposit with any trip package. Be sure to ask about her generous onboard credits for Disney Cruise Lines as well. Find her on Twitter at WPMagicJourneys or WPMagicJourneys.com. Welcome to this unplanned edition of Diz Pop After the Dark Strike. <laughs> uh, because I don't know where this is going to end up, effectively. So, uh, I'm Nick, as you can hear, and I'm joined by the man himself, P. Dusper Washington. Hello. Ooh. Now, this wasn't planned because I wasn't expecting to go and see the film that we're talking about. Uh, it's alright because the music to this beginning of the show we'll give away what film we're talking about because in post-production there'll be some Spider-Man music ad- added to this that and the show title will also say Spider-Man Homecoming but anyway I digress so um, you were planning to see this opening day anyway weren't you, you you'd already bought yeah, your tickets it, and everything yeah it just worked out I could do tonight um, so I don't always go opening night with the Marvel films most of the time I'll try and see it within the first week but it just worked out that tonight I could I could get those. Um, my little boy normally goes to his grandparents on a Wednesday evening, right? Or Wednesday afternoon, so he's normally a bit later getting home anyway. So the wife goes and picks him up. So I had a, a few spare hours this evening. See, but yeah, because it, it was it a PG or was it it was twelve, wasn't it? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I don't think. You know, personally, I'm not sure if it needed to be a, a 12 compared to some of the Marvel films, but we'll get to that a bit later no. on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I am like you. I don't normally go and see Marvel films straight away. Um, my friend saw it this morning, first showing he, he could find this morning. He was alarmed because it, there was no big night showings anywhere. 
And no, and it, it's opened on a weird day as well. Well, and maybe that's why it's it's not had the late night openings that the other films have had because we've got it two days before America. Now we usually get Marvel films quite a bit earlier, but I think because this is a Sony film, yeah, that's why. Um, I'm not sure because I've been doing this recently. Although the release is on Friday, I don't know if they're doing previews yet because sometimes, like recently, I've noticed they've done yeah. previews Wednesday and Thursday before Friday. But, yeah, I'm not um, sure either. No, but uh, I mean, officially, it came out in the UK today, and officially, it comes out in America on uh, the seventh of July so we're a few days early so we thought we'd get straight into it uh, before most of you had seen it this could backfire spectacularly ratings wise because um, I think we're going to have to be quite spoiler heavy yeah I don't think you have to I don't think you you need to uh, you know you can have this kind of show without being quite spoilery Um, so if you haven't seen Spider-Man Homecoming yet uh, you might want to turn off before we start really getting into it um, but if you have obviously jump on board now we've literally gone into the record on this we've not had any pre-talk or anything so I don't know how you felt about the film and you don't know how I felt about the film because no. neither of us actually said anything in the group chat we just no. said we're going to go and talk about it so <laughs> this could be a very interesting show or no. it could be very vanilla um, it depends on, on how we both felt about the film Yeah, um, but I will ask you first of all um, your initial statement on Spider-Man Homecoming. Enjoyed it immensely. Okay, that's quite strong. That's yeah. quite strong. Um, I, I, I'm almost going to say it's been my favourite Marvel superhero film of this year. Now, yeah. I say that because I decided on the way home, I'm going to res- I'm going to stop referring to Guardians of the Galaxy as a superhero film because I I can't. It's just too different to no, Marvel exactly. films. <laughs> it's, and there's, yeah. I mean, okay, there's a couple of mm, arguably superpowers with within Star Lord, I suppose, but no one else really has anything that gives them a superpower. No, you know, super strength is that really? You know, is yeah. that really a superpower nowadays? You need something a bit more than that. So uh, um, you got to say that the the two that you would say would have superpowers if they were on Earth would be Groot and Drax. Yeah, but they're aliens. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I think it's far too much of us. I, I mean, and that's not a slight. I adore the, the Guardians films, both of them, but I think it's it's pretty wrong to categorise them in the same category yeah. talking about a Spider-Man or a Logan or a Wonder Woman or you know whatever superhero films you want to kind of uh, put it against yeah um, no I totally agree but yeah so so I, I really enjoyed it um, so let, let's, let's start about our journeys because I decided very late on today that I was going to go and see Spider-Man today as in oh by the way what are you drinking just some uh, mango and orange juice, I think. It's oh, very good. I'm just drinking water. So a nice, big, really cold glass of water. That with a straw, because it's so cold, I don't know how to teeth. <laughs> yeah, Craig will have a field day, that one. So, um, I 
decided at 25 past five this evening I was going to go and see Spider-Man. I now, just sat down in my seat at that point. <laughs> well, the, the reason why I have to be that precise, that that's when I, I decided I was going to go and see Spider-Man, is because Spider-Man started at half past five. And I live a good 25-minute-ish walk from the cinema. So I literally booked my ticket and left the house (laughs) and power walked. Um, I texted my mate on the way to say, because he'd already seen it this morning, um, and we go to the same cinema chain because we've got the same cinema pass. And uh, I I said, like, I've just booked my tickets. It starts in five minutes. I'm just leaving the house now. And he said, my showing this morning had half an hour's worth of adverts and trailers, so you should be fine. Yeah, so did mine. I I sat down. I was five minutes late after the screening and started, and I thought, oh, that's not a problem. I know there's going to be adverts. And this this wasn't even in a major chain. This was in a local little cinema. Right. The screening started at ten to six when the when the time actually said that it was five twenty that the screening started. Yeah. And I I got so my my screenings had started at half past five. And I got into the cinema at 5.59 and I must have just missed the beginning of the film. Because where it started for me, uh, and, and gloriously as well, was a massive time daily <laughs> from Cagney and Lacey. Yes. Who I always had a little bit of a thing for uh, as a child, as a weird crush for some reason. <laughs> It was one of those shows that you kind of used to watch where you probably shouldn't have been watching. Well, you watched it because your parents were watching it. You had no yeah. interest in watching it at yeah. all. Um, and I certainly didn't. I, mean, I, I couldn't tell you the storyline of one episode of Cagney and Lacey because I, I, you know, no. I imagine somebody got murdered or something. That, that's it. That's all I can tell you. But I know the thing, Gene. Uh, <laughs> I know Time Daily and Sharon Glass. So it stuck. Um, but as a four-year-old, completely over my head. So, so that was a good way. <laughs> to start the film. So, as you were there when the film officially started, how much did I miss? You literally missed maybe a minute. Yeah. Top. Yeah. I, I guess that purely, purely because, um, you know, a few, a little bit after that is when you see uh, Peter Parker for the first time, or, you, or yeah. you hear him for the first time. You don't see him straight yeah. away. So, I, I guess I hadn't missed that much. That was good. That, that was pretty good timing. I mean, I had, yeah. I had a sweat on. Don't get me wrong. It was bloody hot out there today. But um, it was worthwhile, obviously. I made it. Um, so, yeah. So, the film starts off uh, in the past, doesn't it? Eight years yeah. in the past. Literally just at the end of the first Avengers movie. Ah, is that is that what it is? I, I, yeah. I guessed it must have been. Yeah, it's just after the Battle but, of New York. Yeah, okay. Um, and, and, you know, you're introduced to Ty, Ty Daly, who's not really in it for any amount of time. She, doesn't, she just plays a bit of a nothing character, to be completely yeah, honest. Yeah, pops, pops back up later on, doesn't she? Yeah, but, I mean, it's it's such a small role. Yeah. You know. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, so you kind of learn a little bit about uh, Frederick Toombs, isn't it? That's his name. Adrian. Adrian, Adrian Toomes, sorry. Yeah. Um, and they don't really say it. They only say it maybe once. That's 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 why I think I thought his name was Freddie because that's what it sounded yeah. like to me. 
Um, but uh, that that's where you kind of are introduced to, to him um, and you are then given an, an idea of um, why he kind of goes down the, the path that he does. Yeah, so, they introduce that story fairly early on, don't they? Which so I kind of good, set, actually. Yeah, it sets out the stall for the whole film. Mm. So do you want to uh, fill that in a little bit? Yeah, well, basically, he has got a contract with the, the New York Council, I would imagine, the city government, um, yeah. to kind of clear damages up. But in this case, obviously, after the alien attack, it's something very different. And technically, Tony Stark has taken over clearing all the, the mess that he's already caused. Yeah, it's a little bit of a... It seems a little bit of a backhander type of arrangement. But I don't really delve yeah. into it that much, but that's no. the kind of assumption that's made is that, you know, Stark is is kind of using uh his his business acumen to actually kind of set up an organization to clear up the messes that the Avengers calls and in doing so he's paid by uh you know the the, the council or or uh government or whatever that's in charge of that. So they're basically playing Stark Enterprise or a subsidiary of to yeah. do, the, the, do their dirty work, essentially. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so you get that backstory, and, and what you, you learn at that point as well is that, um, and obviously what you, you know from watching the Avengers is that there's um, obviously a lot of alien tech that's uh, that's left around after the battle. Um, and it's having access to that, that kind of technology which then leads him and um, I, I I believe they were all disgruntled workers. I don't think they yeah. were anyone else. There was like a gang of, of people. That's what they were dead no. really. Um, yeah. But uh, that leads them to kind of experiment with this technology and, and try and turn it into uh, something else. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that pretty much sets out the beginning. And then... Um, for those that have seen the second, maybe third trailer, actually thinking about it, I lost count how many trailers are worth this film. Um, yeah, I think it was right in the end. Yeah, uh, what, what you you kind of see a bit more of the uh, the video diaries that Peter Parker w- w- was talking about in those trailers. Um, yeah, which they actually released. They released all of those last week. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Ah, I knew that. I, knew, I did see somewhere that they released like the first few minutes worth of, yeah. of the film, as yeah. they do sometimes. Uh, but I, I didn't seek it out, so I, I wasn't, I wasn't too sure. But that makes sense. Um, and I think it, it's very well done because um, you're obviously seeing it from his camera, but you're yeah. seeing another angle of, or at least some of uh, the the big fight scene from Civil War. Which is where he's first introduced into the Marvel comic universe. Because let's be honest, this is now the sixth Spider-Man film in fifteen years, but this is the first Spider-Man film that's considered canon into yeah, the yeah. Marvel comic universe, the cinematic universe. Sorry, this was a, a Marvel Marvel Studios production, but paid for by Sony. Yes. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it down to a T. Yeah. Um, so you you then kind of see that you see his awkward kind <laughs> of uh, cuddle with Tony Stark yeah. when he drops him off, which is which is very good. 
Uh, you also saw him get in the suit for the first time. Yeah, and the reintrodu- reintroduction of Happy Hogan. Yes, yeah. Um, and I think quite misleadingly, um, although if this has been putting you on the fence about watching uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, um, I'd say Happy Hogan is probably a more prominent character than Tony Stark. Yeah, for, for all the people that were worried it was going to be Iron Man 4, yeah. uh, it's possibly Happy Hogan's first solo movie. Yeah, pretty much. And it's good because... Uh, I mean, I, I, I've always liked John Favreau anyway, and I I always thought it was a little bit weird that he cast himself in Iron Man, um, but it was in a fairly small role, which hasn't really been that expanded on. Um, but yeah, I'd say it was almost... You could almost say it was a, a kind of Agent Coulson kind of role. In yeah, this I film. think that's... I think that's where they're going with it. Yeah, which is good because I, th- I mean, the thing is, he's too good an actor to not be doing anything. Yeah, or, or, or not, you know, he he could be doing more, and he's he's not been in those films. So it, it was quite good that um, he did have that. But yes, so for anyone that was worried about the, the Downey Junior situation, uh, as Paul said, that you don't, he's he's probably in it for about five minutes. Yeah, I'd say combined. Yeah, maximum. You know, he's just in he's in scenes for a short amount of time, and not yeah. many of them. Um, yeah, and half of them weren't even on set with anybody else. No, that's very true. Actually, I forgot about that bit. Yeah. So um, yeah, so it's good. I mean, it's 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 probably the opposite of what I was talking about with Pirates of the Caribbean and Johnny Depp in the although that's that was still his film. Like you kind of wished that it wasn't, and with this, you did wonder if the onus was a lot on him and thankfully it's not it, you know the main focus is on Peter Parker now I think yeah. at this stage we have to now start talking about uh, Tom Holland because yeah. obviously he was introduced in, in Civil War um, and for many people uh, I include myself in that um, he stole Civil War yes um, I'm, I like Civil War and I mean, I think it was a massive improvement over uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. And I know it's a Captain America film, technically, but Civil War doesn't, you know, didn't seem to be for me at least a Captain America film. No, it, it had that that underlying story of Cap and Bucky, but the the bigger arc was Stark and Rogers, and the which makes an Avengers movie. And yeah, the fact that everyone was exactly. in it. It's not even like they were in it for like a few minutes. They, you know, everyone was in it pretty much um, the whole way through. So um, you can call it whatever you like, but it's essentially an Avengers movie. Um, uh, but but yeah, he was a, a great addition. I think even when you kind of see saw him pop up in the trailer, no one was that kind of. Uh, I don't think anyone was was too sure how he was going to be, because we you know Toby Maguire, and, and actually look, we'll talk about this now. Actually, so in terms of Spider Men, I suppose we have to refer yeah. to them as my. I, I liked the first two Spider Men films, and I, I pretty hated Spider Man Three. If I'm honest, uh, I, I just really didn't like it very much at all it, it was overblown gar was what it was yeah yeah uh, I mean there, there was obviously you know reported a, a lot of problems at the time 
you know, they shoehorned Venom into it against Sam Raimi's wishes, and you could definitely feel that he didn't want him in that film. Yeah. Because it was just a, a very poor version of, of Venom. Um, uh, but I, I just think the villains weren't very good. I didn't think the story was very good. I think there was too many fingers uh, in that pie uh, for that for that one. Um, but my problem with Tobey Maguire in the first Spider-Man film is even in, in that film, he looked in his late 20s. <laughs> and I think See, he was I, probably about 25. I always thought... Yeah, see, I always thought he was a good Peter. I had problems when he put the suit on that I didn't think he was overly convincing. Yet, for Andrew Garfield, I'm the other way around. I thought he was dreadful as Peter, but thought he actually pulled off the, the Spider-Man side of things pretty well. Because I'm not sure how much uh, of the kind of Spider-Man suit stuff he did. I'm not convinced he did very much. No, I just I just mean as the character in in that term. So I think he, yeah. he kind of portrayed for Toby. I think he portrayed Peter better than he did the superhero side of things. Whereas I, Andrew Garfield, I I felt he had the the Spider Man sense of humour as such. Yes, in the yeah, comics. Yeah, so I see what you mean. Yeah, there definitely seemed to be a lack. I mean, it's not that there was any kind of quips in in the original Spider-Man trilogy, but it didn't feel natural. It felt almost mm. put on, put in, because yeah. that's what Spider-Man does. But it yeah. didn't feel right. Um, I think Andrew Garfield looked more like Peter Parker than Tobey Maguire did. Yeah. I always felt he was a bit square. And I know yeah. Peter Parker's not supposed to be the coolest kid, but he just didn't... He To me, just lacked, the, lacked a bit of charisma, to be honest. Yeah, just didn't you know? There was something that didn't feel right, and I think, I think your your level of like your appreciation of Spider Man depends on how you've accessed it before. Yeah, and for me, although I'd read some comics when I was younger, I loved the Spider Man cartoon. Yeah, so that was always in my kind of head when I saw a live action Spider Man. I wanted it to kind of be a bit like the cartoon. I didn't think the Peter Parker in that was. Uh, yeah. was the same as the cartoon it didn't you know and yeah the Spider-Man definitely didn't feel like the Spider-Man you'd read in the comics and he wouldn't be as quick-witted and you know as, as kind of zesty or whatever um, I've still only seen The Amazing Spider-Man I haven't seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2 um, I watched I watched the second one on a plane always the best way to oh, see a film and I can't even remember where I was going it might have been LA right and didn't enjoy it and haven't even bothered to buy it or watch it again. Well, I only bought The Amazing Spider-Man because it was like £3 in FOP on 3D yeah. Blu-ray. And I was like, well, three quid for a 3D film. Um, and I thought it was alright. But I... Yeah, I, I, I wasn't that taken with it. And, you know, I... I don't put it down just to Andrew Garfield. I just don't think the the scripts were, were good enough. No, just I, I think at that, yeah, I think at that point, Sony were just so desperate to get more stuff out there. So they didn't lose the rights. That was it. That, that is purely what happened. And that's why they went, I, I mean, why they had to go for another reboot. Like, I, I mean, when did, when did the main Spider-Man come out? Was it 2011, 2012? I, I would imagine it was 
twenty. It's got to be twenty eleven, unless I, unless I watched. Oh, it might have been the Amazing Spider Man two was out in two thousand and fourteen. Yes, I think that's that would have, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would have been. So yeah, that's about right. Okay. Um. So I, I mean, that was only ten years or so after the first Spider Man came out. Yeah. And you're already rebooting the franchise. Um. Yeah, it just didn't. I, I just didn't enjoy it, and uh, I know people didn't like uh, Curse and Dunst, but um, I I wasn't com- completely convinced with Emma Stone, to be honest. No, I, I wasn't, really and, I, and I think the the problem you put there is Spider Man will always be known for being with MJ. If for you're most not, people, a, yeah, yeah. If you're not a, a geek or a, even a, a moderate fan of of that genre, then MJ is the one that everybody knows. Yeah, I mean, Gwen Stacy's obviously the the tragic story, and it was Spider Man's first love. But if you were probably born in the eighties, uh, well, you know, late seventies, early eighties, then yeah, you would probably you may have heard of Gwen Stacy, but you would be always associating Peter Parker being with MJ. Um, so I kind of got what they did, but I yeah, I just didn't think it it sat that well. Um, so, but but I I I think Tom Holland nailed both parts. Yeah, yeah, I that's exactly my thought. He was the complete perfect Peter Parker. I mean, I think I think he's about twenty. Yeah, twenty one. He's he's fairly young, but yeah. Peter Parker in his film's fifteen, and he passes fifteen in my opinion. Yeah, he, he looked that kind of age, and in fact, I, I think all the kids did. I don't know how old they yeah. all were, but. It, it didn't suffer from like the Beverly Hills 90210 syndrome or the, or the Saved by the Bell where they're clearly people in their mid-twenties playing 17-year-olds. Yeah. You know, they actually looked like they were the age they were supposed to be, which is important. I think the casting is, is, is very important. Um, but he just had the perfect, to me, like the perfect kind of accent for Peter Parker, the mannerisms... The attitude when yeah. he was wearing the mask. I mean, although I'd yeah. seen it in the trailer the bit when he was, uh, and the first kind of real bit of crime solving that he tries to do is the attack on the the banks when they're trying to break into yeah. the ATMs, um, and the quips there about the Avengers. Yeah, but uh, when you see that scene, a scene as a whole, it's even better because it's it was quite great clearly, trailers, but yeah, really awkward and doesn't know how to approach it. Like he is a, a brand new superhero that and really doesn't know how to cope with that. Do you know, do you know one of my favourite bits was was when he um, tried to launch a web, realised there was nothing for it to stick to, and yeah. had to run across that yeah. uh, that green there, space. There's some great insider jokes yeah. within the film as well, and I think the biggest one is probably, we'll talk about it at the end, Okay, yeah, I'm happy with that. Um, so it, it was little touches like that, as you say. What I thought, what was great about this, it was not an origin story. No, and it, and to be honest, it it couldn't even if they wanted to. It couldn't have been an origin story because we'd seen him in Civil War. Yeah, and this was after Civil War, so there was no time to go back and do a origin story and it's been told so many times in so many different mediums yeah. and in two fucking film franchises that you didn't want to see it again 
Yeah, uh, and Marvel did the same with the Hulk, didn't they? When they brought him back when Ruffalo was cast. I I like that. Um, well, I I what I liked about the um, was it the I think it was the Incredible Hulk when yeah they the whole opening to the film was the origin story yeah done up but like laid over the titles yeah so you just saw like little bits but you could piece the whole thing together if you if you didn't know what the origin yeah. story was I thought that was a very good way of doing it and set up the stall but um, with this you just didn't need it it was it was straight okay. in in fact they never even unfortunately for me uttered uh, Uncle Ben no because there's was, a there's a slight nod to him, but they don't actually go into detail about it. Not, not talk, don't even mention him by name. You know who no. they you know who they're talking about. Yeah. Um, but he's not mentioned by name, and I I, I really like that. But uh, I, I remember today when I saw Spider Man Two, um, the only other Spider Man film I saw on opening night actually was Spider Man Two, um, and there's a bit and I I can't I've not seen it for a long time. There was a bit when Peter Parker said something about his Uncle Ben. And it was all very quiet in the cinema. And when he mentioned Uncle Ben, I just shouted out, I love your rice. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't get shut down. I got a few laughs. Uh, I was sad not to be able to repeat that today. Because um, uh, that's, that's the Uncle Ben that I'll always remember. Um, yeah. But uh, but no, I, I, I just, I, I love the fact that this was not an origin story, but as you as you said, he was finding his feet, and he was doing stuff wrong all the way through. Yeah, in a little bit of a slapstick fashion, but that that makes it sound worse than it is. When you watch it yeah. in context, it's it's not that bad at all. But it was somebody still trying to work out how to do things. Yeah, it's a little bit like trying to watch a, a duck learn to walk on a frozen lake. Yeah, or something. And you can... You can clearly see why Tony's put the the training wheels program in his suit. Mm. Oh, it was great. I, I I thought that was great. I I really uh, yeah. I I really thought that was that was a a nice touch and the baby monitor mode as well. Uh, mm. was was very good. Um, but uh, yeah. So I, I think we're in agreement. He, he's probably the best cinematic version of Peter Parker we, we've had. Um. We touched at the beginning about the fact that uh, Michael Keaton uh, was playing Toombs, who uh, you then saw become the Vulture. Um, the, the, the villains in this use the technology to, to make their equipment. Um, so you saw some very powerful weapons in the uh, the bank scene, uh, as you said uh, the first the first time he, he tried to stop uh, something in progress. And um, yeah, you could see how powerful this technology was, and then you know, you know, over years of, of playing about with the stuff, it started to be able to turn the technology into powerful weapons, uh, potentially even more powerful than we'd seen before. Yeah, actually, where it, where it'd be modified. Um, now, I I knew he was in the film because it had been spoiled for me, as in fact, nearly every twist in this film had been. Um, not by anyone malicious, just because as it was coming up to release date, things were being leaked out and names were being revealed on IMDb and, and stuff like that. Um, but I, I, 
and, and from the trailers you'd get that the only kind of Spider-Man villain that was in the film that you would have heard of was the Vulture yeah but actually we also got Shocker we got two Shockers well yes technically we did get two Shockers <laughs> and to be fair they're, they're both in the comics so they are canon oh really yeah I didn't realise that yeah but they killed off one rather quicker than they did in the comic books. <laughs> and that was quite funny as well. Because yeah. he picked up a gun thinking it was an anti-gravity gun and basically just fried him. Yeah. In, into like, piece, you know, into specs. Um, <laughs> but it, it was very uncold because he yeah. wasn't trying to do that. But, uh, it but he just brushed it off. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Literally brushed it off. Yeah. Um, but I thought Michael Keaton was was brilliant. I mean, yeah. how good was it to see Birdman actually be Birdman? Yeah, but be a decent Birdman. Yeah, I'm I'm more shocked at the fact that he, have you seen what he's been doing in the press? No, when he's been doing interviews. They've asked him about about the role, and basically he's turned around to nearly everybody and just said, "I'm Batman." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing because I mean it's. You know, it's uh, what twenty about twenty six years ago, maybe yeah. longer actually. Batman eighty nine. I can't remember. That's terrible. Uh, no, twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah. Um, was when he was Batman, and still, arguably his most famous role. Uh, yeah. You know, that and Beetlejuice, I suppose. But you see his face more in Batman. Um, and Batman Returns. So it's it's interesting to get him back into that genre of film. Yeah. Because he's kind of disappeared, isn't he? You'd see yeah. him appear in a few things every now and again, but for a long time he just seemed to have just disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah. Um and then you know, he made a comeback a few years ago in as I mentioned, Birdman. You ever seen Birdman? I've seen bits and pieces of it, I've not seen the whole film. Bloody rubbish, don't bother. Um the tra- one of the most misleading trailers I've ever seen for a film. Um, I mean, it, it, you, you might float your boat. It's very arty-farty, but it, it wasn't my cup of tea. Um, but I thought he was brilliant in this. Yeah. I thought he was... He was menacing, but he had a much more human side than villains normally do. Yeah. And I think that made a huge difference to the villains that we usually see in these films because they're normally quite one dimensional yeah they have been and other than really Loki on the the movie side none of the villains have really stood up to to what you expect from what you see with the superheroes so it's it's about time the the TV side the Netflix side they've had a couple of great villains but for the movie side this is this is probably the first decent one they've introduced since Loki yeah yeah, I, I, I'd agree. I think, you know, some of the villains have been alright, but this is the most rounded I've seen in a, in a long time. Since, yeah, since Loki. Um, and, I, and I think they've, they've potentially spoilt him a little bit, I think, because the fan reaction to yeah. him is so good, they've kind of tried to do more with him, and I think di- in, in doing so, diluted it a little bit, actually. Yeah, um, it, hasn't, it didn't help that the second Thor film was crap. Good, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I really sat there yeah. wondering when it was going to get good and then the credits rolled. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think we need to point it out as well. Like, you know, your, your film is as good as your villains. 
Um, and I mean, I, that was that was a thing that I hated about. I know it's not Marvel, but uh, when I saw Wonder Woman, was I just felt the villains in that were completely one-dimensional, uh, just completely standard. And it was good that in this film they they weren't. Um, one person that I was a bit disappointed in, um, just because I didn't really understand the role that they played, and maybe this is where you can feel me, and I don't know. Yeah, uh, is Donald Glover. Yes. He he will be coming back, I would imagine. Okay. Um, the comic book character is actually kind of an anti-hero as such, okay. um, called the Prowler. I've heard of the Prowler, okay. So I, that's who he was playing. Right. Because I figured um, like, there must be something more. Yeah. It didn't seem like he's... Although he's not a... I watch Community, so I know him very well. Yes, so and do he's I. Also, uh, I've still got my Troy and Arbor in the Morning Cup, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I know him as Childish Gambino as well. I haven't seen Atlanta, which no. I heard was very good, but I hadn't seen that. Um, and of course, he's playing Lana Carizian in the new Star Wars. So um, I was surprised that he seemed to have a bit of a nothing role, but that now makes sense. And it is more for the future because yeah. the Prowler is actually. Miles Morales' uncle. Okay, because I mean, obviously, that was the big uh, campaign a few years ago, wasn't it? That they were yeah. trying to get uh, him to play. Well, he was trying to get it going, but you know, through yeah. fans support, was him to be Miles Morales. To be fair, he's probably about ten years too late. Yeah, he has played him. Uh, yes, he played he, him in the animated. Yeah, series. he voiced him. He voiced him. Yeah, that's true. Um, but um, yeah, to actually play him, I think he's he's just too old now. Because yeah. um, he's a younger character, but um, that's good. I'm, I'm glad because it's a little bit like I remember when I saw Tron Legacy for the first time, and Killian Murphy is there. Have you, seen, have you ever seen Tron Legacy? You haven't seen Tron Legacy, have you? I haven't seen no. Tron Legacy. No. He's. Uh, I mean, it's not really a spoiler. He's. You know, Killian Murphy's quite a famous actor. Yeah. Uh, and he's just he just turns up randomly in, in like a boardroom scene. And he's focused on quite a lot, and then that's all you see him in the film. And you think that's quite a big actor to to be in a part that means nothing. But he was supposed to be the main villain in Tron Three, mm. so that was a setup there. But that yeah. obviously wasn't successful. We will see Donald Glover in another Spider-Man film because yeah. there will be another Spider-Man film. So that's yeah. that's cool. I'm I'm fine with that. That's that's that's. I don't feel I've been shortchanged there. Okay. Right. Um. All right. So. Uh, what did you want to talk about next? Did you want to talk about uh, his his school friends or? Yeah, we can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have no idea what a Zadana is, or <laughs> no, Zadania is, or, or <laughs> however you pronounce the name. No, I mean she's obviously famous. She's got one name. Um, <laughs> I think she's a bit of a Disney Channel. Yeah, piece, I think she is. From what I, I think she was. Yeah, yeah, she was in. Uh, apparently, she was in a certain film called "Shake It Up" on the Disney Channel. I never saw it, but I knew of it because I always used to see the posters at Disneyland Paris. Yeah. So okay, she's been in a few things by the look of it. Something else called Casey Undercover uh, uh, for Disney as well. I think that's a cartoon. I think yeah. that's a cartoon, but um, yeah, I don't watch too much Disney Channel stuff. Um, no. Not yet, anyway. Kids aren't quite old enough, and I'm too no. old. But um, 
I did try watching Girl Meets World, and I thought, no, I'm definitely not a target audience. I should have been a target audience for this. I love Boy Meets World, but... You go to Disneyland Paris, and they haven't got the the Disney Junior in English. No, they don't. You end up up putting the Disney Channel on. But that is how I discovered Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. Because, so, I, I would never watch Phineas and Ferb had it not been one of the only things I could watch in English when I was out there, so... Swings and roundabouts. Swings and yeah. roundabouts. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, unfortunately, I knew who she was. Yeah. Did you know I, who she was? I'd as well? read that she was. She was playing that character. Yeah. Though it's still not been confirmed that she is. Ah, hang on, she, hang on. She's still denying it. No, well, no, she was. Um, she was Liz. No, not Michelle. She's she, Michelle. She was yeah. Michelle. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was. Oh, right. Okay. I've got my. I've got my actresses completely mis- mis- yeah. messed up. Then. Okay. Interesting. Um. Oh, well, let's talk about that then, because that is yeah. one of the only things I wasn't happy with. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Because you can't have a character called Michelle play Mary Jane Watson. No. Because Mary Jane isn't sure or Mary isn't sure for Michelle no in anyone's books so uh, it's just a line at the end yeah isn't it well, like, probably her final line when she says oh my yeah, friend's called me MJ yeah but at that point I was like yeah just kind of cringed and died a little bit inside yeah um, I'd actually read that that was in it right because right. there'd been rumours for ages that she was actually playing Mary Jane yeah and I, I I've got to be honest like I'm I'm not that I'm not that bothered um about recasting uh different different uh national different nationalities, different different skin colours or anything like that. Yeah. So I'm not I, I don't think it has to be the case. Yes, if she was playing MJ for argument's sake, her main characteristic is she's got red hair. But yeah. if they wanted um I'm not black to, to play out. I wouldn't be that against it. What I, I am against, though, if that is what they're doing, is that they've changed their name, and that yeah. doesn't make sense to me at all. I don't get that. Um, so hopefully, it's, hopefully it's not. Maybe that you know, I'm hoping that might have just been a joke, a joke yeah, line I think it was. more than anything else. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, she did have that feisty kind of attitude that you could kind of see with MJ as well. Uh, yeah. But MJ was somebody that that Peter didn't go to school with. It was someone he no. met outside, like when he was a bit older. So that that in itself wouldn't be wouldn't be canon. Um, yeah. Okay, so I mean, but I, mean, I, I thought she it was a good character. And I, you know, I, I thought she did the best she could with the material. But um, I just hope that that was a joke and she's not actually actually Mary Jane Watson. Um, yeah. Okay, so so. Uh, Liz, wasn't it? Liz, yeah. Who... She was played by Laura Harrier. Of course, yes, you're right. I, I, I saw the cast this, like on the, you know, as I was waiting for the uh, the extra scenes. But uh, yes, you're quite right. Um, I thought she was good. I've, I, I've no, I've not yeah. seen her anything before, actually. No, I um, hadn't either. But you know, she was she was pretty enough that you could understand why Peter held such a torch for her. Yeah. Um, I mean, she was a little bit vanilla, I suppose. Yeah, um, she wasn't given much to deal with, really. No, but she did, you know, she did 
as best she could with the material. You can't yeah. really say too much more than that. But um, you know, I, I suppose her main purpose there was to, uh, yeah. you know, get in this, uh, get into the film. Um, but yeah, it was it, it, it did what it needed to do, I suppose, and that's yeah. uh, about all we could do. Um, yeah. I, I think we need to talk about Ned. Ned, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, I think he's an amalgamation of two characters from the comics. Um, there's Ned that is a friend of Peter's in the comics, but his style and and everything is taken from actually a character from the Miles Morales stories. Right, okay. So he's kind of a combined effort, I think. Okay, okay. But I thought he was good. I thought he was a good relief. I, th- yeah. I loved the, the reveal. When he saw it yeah. for the first time, yeah. when he was sitting there with that Death Star, yeah. and just dropped it, and of course, you know, made a Death Star into Alderaan, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, um, <laughs> the irony. Um, but yeah, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was an entertaining character. I thought he was a good psychic for him. Um, yeah, a little annoying at times. Yeah, I think the... there were a few times you were like, you know, when people was like, oh, you know, stop it. You was like, yeah, really. Like he's told yeah. me enough times now. I know you're excited, but you know, leave it yeah. out. Um, the whole thing when he, he was like, "Oh, do we tell everybody now?" And yeah. I was like, "You've already asked him that once." Yeah, yeah. There's I no think, need to do it again. I think that might have been down to bad editing. I like to think that that you know that was you know that film for two bits of the film, and for whatever reason, I left both cuts in. Yeah. Um, rather than yeah, because as you say, why ask the same thing you've already asked him? But uh, but overall, I thought it was a, a nice comic relief sidekick, and I yeah. I, I think it worked well um, when he was trying to help him in the library during the school dance, and uh, you know he he turned around and said he was watching porn on his laptop. Yeah, because that sounded like the least crazy thing you could possibly say. Uh, it was quite a nice touch. Um, and then I suppose the only other kind of main kid in the film uh, was probably Flash. Yes, and uh, do you know what? I really liked him. I liked the changing character. No, I didn't like him. him, but but that was the the aim, surely. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I agree. I think he was very good. Um, I read the other day that he'd got an awful lot of abuse. Yeah, uh, for being Flash, and again, yeah. this is this is again a, a character where they've changed the um, the the race of the character, um, and uh, I, I don't. Is he is he Hispanic or is he Asian? I couldn't quite. I'm not sure. No, like it was quite. You know, he, he he had kind of like a. It wouldn't surprise me if if there might be uh, a little bit of both in there actually. But yeah, I thought he was I, like you. I thought he was very good. He was he was hateable, which is exactly yeah. what you want in, in a Flash Thompson. And yeah. I I think he was much better here than he was in the original Spider Man trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, well. no, totally agree. Uh, I, I just think it was a waste in those films, but I really felt here that he had the right attitude uh, yeah. and just way of behaving that is exactly what you expect. Yeah. He's supposed to be an arsehole, and he was an yeah. arsehole. He wasn't a violent bully. No, he wasn't, wasn't a nasty but person, it, just an arsehole. <laughs> yeah, he just he didn't know when to step back. Hmm. And quite clearly, it, it does... It certainly damages Pete at one one stage where he's calling him Peter Penis. <laughs> penis Penis Barker. <laughs> yeah. Penis Barker. Um 
but yeah, I'm not. But I mean, I, I think for a film that was kind of obviously very centered on the the child, I say child actors. They're not they're not children, but they're oh. you know young adults, teenage actors. That everyone was was cast really well. Uh, they may not have all had the best material to work with, but they were all good. Like I didn't look at any of them and think you're weakling or you don't look the age, the same age as someone else. Everyone looked to be a similar kind of age, and I imagine their ages vary quite a bit. I imagine they put it, there's probably a good five years between some of them, but yeah. you you didn't feel that. You felt no. like these were all kids at school, and it was very believable, and that's very very important, I think, when you're doing something like this. Um, yes. And uh, oh, I can't believe we haven't spoke about Marissa Tomei. No, oh, I was God. just about to say. Oh. The delectable Aunt May. Oh, I love her. I love her anyway. I I, I think she's great in everything. Um, but she's just perfect. I mean, she's she's so pretty. And, yep. you know, I, I, again, I think with Aunt May, you associate the kind of almost elderly, divery kind of, of Aunt May. Um, yeah. I think this is much more realistic. Uh, yeah, and quite clearly it is because Aunt May always used to look like she was possibly Pete's grandma. Exactly. So it makes much more sense. And I think what's great is because I, I, I don't know how old Marissa Tomei is. She must be in her late forties. Yeah. Um, I'm saying that not because of looks, because of how long she's been around for. Um, and you know what I think would be great is to see her continuing the role and see her age. Yeah, uh, people like don't normally age that badly anyway. <laughs> They're very good with makeup, but do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's nice to start with someone younger who you could see mature with the role, rather than yeah. go for somebody that's already quite a bit older. Sally Field, I thought, was a good choice for an older Aunt May. Yeah, but I think this, uh, you know, makes much more sense in in terms of age gap and everything like that. Um, and everyone thinks she's hot. That's the thing, like not just the people watching, but they reference it in the film as well. Uh, Continuously, yeah. In very, fact, yeah, very realistic. I think, I think it was, I think it was great. Um, and of course, she ends the film. She does as well, which I, which I got a laugh out of the. I really around. wasn't expecting that either. No, no, that, that's. I think that's why it works so well. Yeah. Um, so we, we won't delve into what that is now because it's it's best not talked about, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, a, a great way to end the film, I think. Um, yeah, and uh, and we talked about Happy. We've talked about uh, we talked a little bit about Tony Stark. I mean, I think he was perfect in what was required. Yeah, there and was I, a, a perfect amount of Tony Stark in this film. Yeah, and I think that's where they need to take Tony Stark now. Mm. Just little cameos here and there, Samuel L. Jackson style cameos. Keep him I, around. Don't kill him off. Yeah. I think it would be much better to have someone step into the Iron Man suit, if I'm honest, mm. and have Tony Stark as Tony Stark. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd be just as happy with that. Um, yeah. You know, because I only not getting any younger. He doesn't look old, but he's, you no. know, in his mid-50s now, late 50s. Yeah. He's not going to be wanting to do this forever. Um, no, and he's, he's come out this week and said he knows he can't keep going forever. Yeah. So I think to have him in that kind of role, almost like an overseer, would be would be better, um, yeah. personally. Now, I'm 
going to just say, uh, let me say, let's see if we can do it. I'm going I'm to try and do something very technical here. So this could work. Or it may okay, well, that didn't work, but never mind. I was going to try and bring my friend in, but um, he showed up online, but he's not answering, so never mind. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good way of of having the films kind of go forward. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, they've already turned around and said, haven't they, that Infinity War one and two are the end of this kind of series of Marvel yeah. films. So yeah. I imagine a lot of people will be out of contracts. Some will clearly not want to come back because it's uh, it's you know too too expensive to have certain people back. Other people will just not want to have the uh, concern of being so tied into these these uh, films. So imagine they're quite complicated contracts. Um, yeah. So I think we're going to see a lot of changes, but that is a change I'd like to see. Is you know I'd be happy with Tony Stark to survive. Um, but maybe just be then in a bit of a lesser role, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, oh, I completely agree. I think he's here. Hey, he is. Oh, there he is. He sounds a little bit like a Dalek. <laughs> You're a Dalek. You're a Dalek. So, um, for those listening, this is my buddy Whitey, who we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy with. Um, me and uh, you've not met Paul before, so Paul Whitey, Whitey, Paul. Um, we've been talking for the last quite a while now, 40 minutes or so, about Spider-Man Homecoming. 40 minutes? Yeah. What, what happens in it? Not much. That's why we've been talking about it for so long. Um, no, we, we actually <laughs> just we were just talking about the fact that um, we liked Tony Stark's lack of appearance in the film. And I was saying yeah. how I would like him going forward. I'd like to see him step out of the suit and actually be more of a kind of... Well, Paul actually said like a bit more like... Um... Paul, what did you say? Fury. Fury. Oh, Nick Fury. Nick Fury. So like that kind of like cameo type thing where he's overseeing stuff rather than being the main centre of stuff. Not going to lie. Iron Man could die and that would be okay. Yeah. But what was that? He's a like Tony Stark to you know. continue. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll be okay with him not. Okay. Because I'll be honest, I, I liked him in the movie. It was funny. Um, but I could have even done with him less. I don't think you could have done with him less. Like, otherwise you probably wouldn't no, have been in the film at all. But, um, yeah, we like, one of the things we talked about is that the strength of the film is the fact that it's it's so unreliant on him, even though yeah. going into it you could have thought, uh, well, Paul said it best, Iron Man four. Um, it could have been Iron Man four with Spider Man um, as a, as a kind of secondary character. But um, so we've talked about. We're not going to recap what we've our, our views on it, but you were sort of. I don't hear them. <laughs> you have to listen back to it. <laughs> but um, but you. You went to see it this morning, and you're actually the reason why I went to see it this evening. So, um, we wanted to hear your your short kind of review of, of Spider-Man. Short review? Yeah, I thought it was all right. <laughs> Such a tit. Yeah, go see it. It's not that short. Tell your friends. 
<laughs> I, Listen, so, I thought it was quality. You know what? I, I was saying to you beforehand, I was worried about this movie. Mm. Um, I was saying to you about the lack of like midnight screenings, you know, the, the lack of like interest, it seems. It didn't have the buzz about it, like certainly over here, it seemed. Um, there was no premiere. Um, so I, I was worried, especially like with Tim, Tom Holland um, being your main guy. Um, you Brits. Um, so I went and I'd heard that it had been getting some positive reviews. Um, I went to see it. And the thing is, I wasn't even bothered that it was another Spider Man movie with a different Spider Man mm-hmm. um, because it just fit into the storyline in the before, you know, your previous Spider Mans haven't appeared in like the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. So that that was never a problem. It was getting a, another Spider Man. It just so happens that he is by far the best Spider Man as well. Yep. Because it seems that he is completely true to the comic book version of him actually being a kid, um, as opposed to you know Tobey Maguire, um, who was about like, twice his age or at least looked it. Yeah. Um, to try, try and like be like, what was it Homer Simpson when he goes to Springfield Elementary and tries to blend in with the kids? It was a bit like that uh, with Tom Maguire, but totally not for Tom Holland. <laughs> he was a kid. I think he said in the movie that he was 15 years old, and you think, yeah, you could kind of probably possibly get away with 15. You know, you, you stay that freshly shaved. Um, yeah. And he's so likable. Yeah. You know, because he. As a leading actor, hundred percent likable. Yeah, and I mean, we, and we, I think it. Well, we talked about uh, we not long before actually. Uh, we were talking about what was what we thought was great about the casting of all of the. I said kids, but they're clearly not kids. But yeah. everyone that Peter Parker was at school with looked that age. They didn't. It wasn't yeah, totally. like Saved by the Bell where they're all much older, or Glee, or something like that. They these were kids that all looked the same kind of age and there might have been differences yeah. in age um, but you know more than most films they actually looked like kids that were supposed to be the age they were and I think it made such a big difference to yeah. um, how you then feel about the characters because it's that much more believable yeah now one thing I didn't say Paul, just, it, it, go on no, one thing I didn't say um, to Paul before you come on but I'll ask you both now you're here I watching it I don't I mean it's maybe it was just it was the hair as well but certainly the accent and the mannerisms I got a bit of Michael J Fox from him yeah nah there is a little bit you know you don't see it I, I I'm glad you agree with me Paul at least at least there's one same person on this podcast because there was just something there was just something about it and I thought maybe this is what would have happened if Michael J Fox had played him in the 80s there was just something there, and I thought, uh, you know, and, and again, someone else that had bags of charisma at a young age. Uh, I, I've not really seen much that, I, I, in fact, I don't think I've seen any of the films that Tom Holland was in. Um, I never saw The Impossible, for example. I went and um, saw that at the cinema. Uh, I just couldn't. I just couldn't bring myself to see it. I'll see it one day, but um, but I'm not familiar with his work. But I I was really impressed with with. He's Peter Parker. Um, yeah, we, we said it was the the best all around Peter Parker that we've seen on screen. Even better than oh, Nicholas yeah. Hammond from the seventies. 
Yeah. Um, you, you're saying about Michael J. Fox. I think because the movie, even in the way it was filmed and certainly like the pop culture references, there was a lot of 80s in there. Like, obviously, the homecoming was themed with the 80s. Um, and you had like the nice nods and even like the clip from Ferris Bueller where he's running through the back gardens. Yeah. So there was a lot of 80s and it kind of, you could see like rather than Back to the Future as kind of almost like a bit Teen Wolfy at times with like uh, the way it was filmed. Yeah. Um, like sitting, sitting on like the top tops of vans or cars or whatnot sort of thing that MJ uh, would have done um, in Teen Wolf. Yeah. That's MJ Michael J. Fox, not MJ as Mary Jane Watson. Um, yeah. So and that got... was nice, wasn't it? That was nice at the end. No, it wasn't. We talked about that already. <laughs> we don't like that. What you didn't like? You didn't like? Why do you like that? Because her name's not Michelle. No, but you know what? It's bigger than that. No, it's not. There was than that. this big thing. It's bigger than that. It was this big thing online. The people had caught wind that she was going to play the MJ. And they're saying she can't be MJ because she's not white. She hasn't got red hair. And they was all kicking up a stink about it. And blatantly, the director has basically had her called Michelle and had her call herself MJ to basically give like everyone a bloody nudge who was protesting about the fact that you had like a mixed race girl about to go and play MJ. Well, we took, we so actually, we'll get MJ in we, the next one. We'll get yeah. MJ. We, t- we talked about, we actually talked about earlier because obviously another character that had done that too as well was Flash Thompson. Um, but we, but you said like uh, the, um, that, you know, that in itself is not a bad thing. Like I wouldn't, it, it wasn't, if she, if she was MJ, that would have been fine mm. with me. It was because her name was Michelle. So as long as that's what yeah. it is, it's almost like a, a two fingers up at, uh, at uh, fanboys. I'm completely fine with that. If you try and tell me that somebody called Michelle's MJ, not DMJ, then we've got a problem because that's just taking it too far. But absolutely not. If you know that that that's my only kind of grievance. Um, we've talked quite a bit about the film, um, but what, where we was kind of, I suppose, getting to, Paul was. Um, well, I suppose really the end of the film. Yeah. Um, and you know, we hadn't talked about the the kind of the, 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 the reveal and the big battle. Now we both Oh, he's gone again. We'll carry on. Um so you knew that she was playing his daughter. So the reveal to yeah. me wasn't a surprise. No. Um it will be a surprise to some people because to be honest, there was no reason for you to put two and two together. No, if I hadn't, like, no one would have had a clue. No. It's not like, because, did you, have you seen Wonder Woman yet? No. There's a reveal in Wonder Woman, and it's pretty obvious. Like, Lee Malaby, bless his cotton socks, um, so you didn't see it coming at all. Um, and that he must be, a, it must have been a bit naive about it. To me, it was so obvious that was going to be or, or that could have happened that when it did reveal itself I wasn't surprised I wasn't surprised at all um, but I think it was really well done yeah I think it was really well done because there was that slow realisation like he clots on that the voice sounded familiar and he obviously yeah. couldn't put a face to the, the voice but he realised that the voice sounded familiar and then they were talking about the fact that you know he was there with her when the accident happened. 
and yep. the Stark thing, and you can see this registering in his head, all of this stuff, and you can see it building up and building up. But he's obviously being, you know, keeping his cards close to his chest. Yeah. And Until you know, you see the reflection in the mirror. Yeah. But and then you, it's like, oh shit, here we go. Yeah. And it was, and the thing is, even because even when he got into the house, even when he went in the house, and, and you could see like Peter completely glazed over. Yeah. Like you could see the anger in him kind of building up, but he didn't know what to do. Because what could yeah. he do? He couldn't really do anything, but he was angry that he couldn't do anything. Um, and so you had that whole bit there with him giving her the, um, uh, what is it? Corsage. Cors- That's it. Yeah. Hold on. Um, with that, and he just kind of gave it to her in a box. You know, didn't put it on or anything <laughs> like that. It was all just kind just of very. Kind of threw it out. Yeah. Just, just, just gave it to her, and that was it. Um, but. You know, when he sends her out of the car and said, Oh, like, you, you go there, I'm going to go and have the talk with, with Peter now. You knew at that point that was what the conversation was going to be. Yeah. You knew that that was the point that, you know, the cards would be. He'd show the hand and say, Right, I know what's going on here. You didn't know what was going to happen, but you knew that. Uh, and I thought it was brilliant because, you know, he, he effectively turned around and said, You know, I'll, you know, I'll let you live because you let my daughter live and now we're kind of even so you step out of what I'm doing you keep out of my business and you'll be alright but he but quite, knew that's yeah. what I was going to say he knew full well that Peter wouldn't stand back and, and take it and that's that's why he had the shock away before which is brilliant because the thing is like you was like well what's he going to do is he going to do yeah. something is he not going to do something and then he runs out of the school straight into the shocker. So he knew, as you said, he knew, he could already tell that Peter was the kind of man that wouldn't probably listen to that advice. And if he didn't, he had a plan B. And it's so well done because they never do that. Fillers are never clever enough to do that normally. So it was really well done that he had actually done that. Um, you bodied something up. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Um, but... Um, yeah, so I thought that, that in itself was brilliant. Um, then, of course, he, he gets past that. You understand what the plan's going to be. Uh, that he's going to hijack uh, the plane. Um, you know, he, he, uh, Ned was trying to... He was trying to get Ned to contact Happy. He very cleverly left his mobile phone in the car so he could track the car. Because, you know, once he's had a suit taken away and all of the, the accessories with that, he couldn't then do that. He, didn't, he couldn't track him, so it was using his, his noggin a little bit there as to what he could do to, to kind of go after him. Yeah, um, yeah very good. Um, and that worked. He couldn't get ha- uh, happy to listen to him, so he had to kind of do it all by himself with his really crappy suit. Although the eyes still kind of moved in the suit, which I thought was a bit weird. Yeah, he's got like camera lenses in it. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't work out how he'd have done that, but. You know, like I can imagine Stark with his technological advances would, but I was surprised Peter's one did it. But anyway, um, and then I thought you had a really good battle between them. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't your typical fight scene. No, and this is that was my complaint. Another complaint I had with Wonder Woman was it as soon as that he got to that stage of the film, it was a complete generic. Uh, CGI battle that you see in every uh, DC film and most 
uh, or you know quite a lot of Marvel films as well. This felt different. This didn't feel the same way. Um, it was like they both weren't quite sure of the technology that they were using. Yeah. Or in Peter's Peter's sense, his his powers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I think I think yeah, both both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then there was that bit where you know he was trying to warn him off that something was going to happen, um, and he was like saying to him, "Look, don't. I'm trying. I'm trying to help you here. Don't." And he was trying to uh, stop him from from flying away, and he kept cutting the webs away with his wings. Um, and then uh, the box he had blew up, um, and I thought, "Oh, I was really concerned that it was going to be a repeat of um, the first Spider-Man." Yeah with what they did with the Green Goblin. And so I was a little bit like, oh, please don't do that again. Um, but luckily, they didn't. Like, he was fine. Um, you know, he... he you know, well, he, wasn't, he wasn't fine, obviously. But what I mean is that, you know, Peter went and saved him. And in doing so, he was then two for one on the life-saving scale. Yeah. Because uh, that went back to the conversation. Um, so... He and another nice touch as well, and this is something you used to see uh, in the in the cartoons and the comics, is uh, when he uh, he trapped the villains, that yeah. he would um, leave a note with them, yeah, as well for the police to find. And that's that's something I look, you know, is something I expect with Spider Man, but something else the films had ignored. Just yeah. another thing that you kind of associate with him that was never in those films, so it was good. Um, and um, and yeah, so so uh, Aiden's arrested, um, you know, because of the impending court case. Uh, Liz and her mum move away, um, and so that kind of story arc is done. But you know, everyone's on on good terms, and she doesn't know what Peter's done. Um, and then we go, uh, you know. Happy is, is obviously aware of, of what you know <laughs> because of how hurt he was he was found uh, was aware obviously that Peter had, had been involved in that so Peter had obviously uh, then been put on the good books by everybody uh, and was ready to be made an Avenger. Uh, yeah, you know, got taken to the new Stark building as well, the new Avengers yeah. HQ, which was good. Um, I, I suppose what we're going to see in the other films. Uh, so again, just keeping that continuity there. Um, and then they offered him a, a new suit, a room next to the vision. Um, and, uh, oh, God, imagine living next door to him, walking <laughs> through your walls. <laughs> I know, tell me about it. Craig um, could be screwed. That is, that is very true. That is very, very true. Craig could never be able to do that. Um, and he had a, a room of 50 reporters or so waiting to, to speak to, uh, to Spider-Man, uh, and he turned them down. Now, yeah. I couldn't work out from the suit. Do you know what that suit was? Was that the ultimate think, suit, or I think that was a play on the Iron Spider? Okay, yep, yep, yep. There was some gold colouring in there. I know the Iron Spider is red and red and gold, and there was definitely some gold detailing around the spider and along some of the webs. So I think that that was their play. I know so many people had asked for that that suit, and I think that's yeah. their little play on it. Because because the the actual spider itself, the size of the spider. Gave me a bit of the Ultimate Spider-Man yeah. costume about it, but there was also a bit of the the, the twenty ninety nine Spider-Man as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I would say I don't know if you have you seen the new PlayStation Four game that's coming out. Yes, 
I think it had a little bit of that in there as well. Yeah. Because that's like a, a new suit that people are complaining about. So I think it had a, a touch of a few different ones. I think it was quite yeah. cleverly done. It was yeah. didn't seem to be one exact suit, but seemed to have touches of, of others. Um, and then we saw Pepper. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, we haven't seen her for a while. So that wasn't too And funny. as I said, that's Disney's way of getting someone else to pay for her to come back. Well, true, true, true. Um, and they did a nice little engagement angle. Um, yeah. So that's how they kind of left that, is that um, they, because Spider-Man turned him down, is that uh, he, uh, he uh, that, that, that was their announcement instead to uh, keep all the press happy. Um, just like Happy Hogan. Um, but yeah, so Spider-Man kind of went back to do his day-to-day. Um, yeah. And then, of course, the, the final bit of the film is... Uh, you know, he he thinks it was a, a bit of a test from Tony to see if, uh, you know, he he had the uh, the, the ability to turn him down because who turns down Tony Stark? Um, I think he admired him for that as well. Yeah. You definitely kind of got that that Tony admired him for do- not that he wanted him to necessarily, but he admired it. He had the balls to stand up to him. Yeah. Um, and then he goes back and finds the suit. The suit that yeah. Tony had taken away from him because he didn't deserve the power or the responsibility anymore. He was given back to, uh, and then and then that's it. There's your there's your Spider-Man Homecoming, um, yeah. but uh, two I think really good credit scenes. Yes, very good. I Including think, possibly I think the best one they've done yet. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I I thought although I wasn't sure. Do you know who he was speaking to in prison? Yes. That is the future Scorpion. Interesting. I wondered because the that was the only kind of a look. Like you know, you look at something, and think, right? What villain are they supposed to be? There wasn't many that I thought it could be. No. So okay. And he did have he did have a small Scorpion tattooed on his neck. Oh, very good, very good. Oh. But yeah, I mean, you know, clearly not like a kingpin or someone like that or a Mysterio. Yeah. But yeah, I did wonder if if we knew what, who he was supposed to be. So that makes sense because is is um is he part of the Sinister Six? Yes, he is. Okay, yeah. So I think that's what they were kind of hinting at. But what was really good, I thought, um, is that obviously he goes up to uh, Tombs. That's that's obviously who's in jail now, uh, and says that you know I've heard. That uh, you know who who Peter Parker is, and uh, sorry, who Spider Man is, and I've got friends on the outside that would kill him. Uh, that's paraphrasing; that's not exactly what was said. And he turned around and said, "If I knew who he was, I'd have, he'd be dead already." And what I thought that was, why I thought that was so good was because one, it kept up the human side of Tombs, which they'd played obviously been playing out throughout the film. You know, this was a man that wasn't a villain for being a bad guy, he was a villain for trying to do right by his family, trying to support his family. That was his justification for what he was doing. Yeah. But he'd already turned around the car and said, you know, you save you save the life, so therefore I'm saving yours. When Peter then saved his life, yeah. that was his way of keeping like that score intact. So he was doing him a favour. So I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah, and, really and nice I, I have to be honest, I like the fact that they haven't killed him off. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, no. you may never see him again, but that's fine. You don't no. always need to see these characters again, but 
it, it was it would have been just so cliche to have killed him off. Yeah. Uh, and you can never go wrong with Michael Keaton. No. And also, um, before we get to the final final scene, I thought the end titles are great. Yeah. I really like, yeah. thought it was like well done. Like it was just something interesting. Yeah. Like you know the whole thing, the whole production just felt re- like it, it. They'd cared. Some yeah, Spider-Man films felt fair, like a rush job. That didn't. Yeah. To be fair, Tony had done a decent job with the credits on all of the Spider-Man films. I always remember the the second one, the opening to the second Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, and they kind of did a painting version of the first film. Yes. Which I thought was really clever as well. So they seem to have got that nailed down. Yeah, if nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yes, you, you wait for 25 minutes for all the credits to go through. And in fact, we hadn't talked about this, but there were some really good Captain America cameos throughout the film. Yes, there were. Um, so, uh, then obviously, he'd obviously done a, a load of. I, I don't know what punishment Captain America had done to deserve to, to, to do these, but was doing a lot of um, you know educational support videos. Yeah. Um, throughout the uh, throughout the film, uh, like in school, so there was one for like their gym class and um, one for detention as yeah. well. It's very good, but that leaves us to the last the last one. Yes, the uh, the basically the the biggest in joke you could possibly have done, but it works so well. It's very very good. Um, I mean, just in case you don't want to stay and, and watch, uh, basically the film ends with Captain America reappearing on the screen in one of these, uh, him filming one of these videos. And the lesson in this video is about patience. <laughs> and how sometimes waiting a long time for something can pay off, and other times it can amount to nothing. And yeah. that was that was the joke. <laughs> yeah. It literally amounted to nothing. It was yeah. really good. People... A lot of people left as soon as the credits started rolling. Now, yeah. I I still can't comprehend why people do that because After surely what, by how now, many years now? That's what I mean. Nine, well, uh, longer than that. Uh, Iron Man. Oh no, hang on. Iron Man was two thousand eight, wasn't it? So, yeah, was that two thousand eight. Yeah, jeez, we've had almost twenty films. Yeah, in less than ten years. Bloody. Consider it. Me. It was two. It was two films every year, wasn't it? After, well, two films. Hulk. It was two films a year, starting with Iron Man and the Hulk. Yeah, and then yeah, the last... stretched to three. Yeah, for some years. Um, but yeah, even so, lots of films. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that was that was a very uh, that was that was very well done. Um, but yeah, I, I just can't believe people getting up after the the, the credits started rolling. I was like, what are you doing? Um, that, my cinema, the cleaners started cleaning before the last one. Well, that's the only thing I feel I do feel bad for the cinemas is that, you know, most films people start leaving as soon as the credits start rolling. But with a Marvel film, they literally have to wait till the end before turning all the lights on. Uh, they might turn on some of the lights, but not, they don't normally. Um, so yeah, they have to basically wait for everyone to clear out. Um, but no, I, 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 definitely worth the wait. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. I mean, okay, this doesn't lead up to anything, but just as 
terms of a a well done joke, it, yeah. it's effective. It, it's effective. Yeah. Um, so was that your was that your biggest in joke? Do you think? Was that uh, your favourite joke? Yeah, I think it probably was. There was a couple of other good ones as well, but I think I think that was definitely my favourite. We'll talk about the other in jokes as well because there might be some that I missed. Yeah, I'm just trying to trying to think of them now as well. Obviously, the the MJ thing I think is still a play. I don't yeah. think it's the yeah, real I, thing. No. Um, just trying to think what else there was. And there were a few more. Oh, I mean, there was, there was obviously uh, Bruce. Uh, no, so what was the, why are they calling Bruce? Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Uh, yeah. Bruce Lee, that's why. Uh, yeah, Stan Lee did a, did a good, uh, had a good cameo. Uh, Which I also believe was filmed by James Gunn. Yes, I, well, I'm not sure, because he, he's filmed, has he filmed like five or six or something? Yeah, James Gunn at least filmed four, I think, if yeah. not more. Which so, would have been obviously Guardians, Spider-Man. Well, that's the thing, though, is it? Because there's every Doctor, chance... I think that... he did Doctor Strange as well. Okay. Because, I mean, the thing is, we don't know which ones he filmed. So it no. could be that he, he filmed... That could, might be one of the ones that he did film. Yeah, yeah. But it... I don't know. Because it felt... Look, they did it really well. So, it, to me, it felt like they did it on the set. Yeah. Whilst... But they were all filming in the same place, though, weren't they? Okay. Okay. Were, all these films have been filmed in Atlanta. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, because that's where Baby Driver was filmed. So it's a big. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's a big bit of a tax haven for filming, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely the the current go to place. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but yes, yeah, so there was that one. I'll tell you what my favourite in joke was. Did you know who Karen was? Yes, Jennifer Connolly. Okay. And why is that an in-joke? Uh, she is the wife of the Vision. She is the or wife... previously Jarvis. Who was Jarvis? Yep. So yeah, she, she's, the hus- she's the wife of uh, Paul yep. Bettany, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. The, the other inside bit was the, uh, the school principal. Is the grandson of one of the Howling Commandos. Is he? And the first Captain America, yep. It's the same guy. <laughs> playing him and there's actually a picture of the Howling Commandos on his filing cabinet oh it's brilliant yeah I definitely did not pick up on that it's brilliant <laughs> but the Jennifer Connelly thing got me because I was like trying to work out who that voice was because it didn't sound very familiar but I thought it must be someone relatively famous but to have the wife of Jarvis do it I thought was just very very inspired yeah um, yeah I'm not sure if there was any others actually I think that may have been it yeah, but uh, but no. So um, you know, I, I think we both really enjoyed it. I think yeah. it's to say, um, w- yeah. Is there any any reason you wouldn't recommend this film? Not really. I don't don't even think you you kind of need to have seen some of the previous films. I think um, maybe at least an Iron Man film and possibly Civil War. Um, that's the only thing I can say against it is that it is very, very much tied into the MCU. See, I don't think it is that tied in, other than the Avengers. And to be fair, they they show you what he did. 
Yeah. I don't think it's tied into anything. You know, there's no kind of reference really to Ant-Man or Doctor Strange, for example. No. Yes. Actually, Doctor Strange, I found, was a, a completely separate film. You didn't need to see anything. Okay. I've still not seen Doctor Strange, actually. Whereas this, there's still a, a feel that there is something throughout the whole film that is linked somewhere else. Yeah. Okay, uh, fair enough. But um, no, I think as 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 term in terms of like side blockbusters, it's definitely up there with the best I've seen this year. I know the summer starts earlier every year, um, but I enjoy this just as much as as. Guardians. Um, somebody said to me today. Well, I said it to Wyatt actually, um, who, who came, came and went without without even really being here. But um, I'd said to him earlier that because um, he he raved about it on on Facebook earlier, and he said, "Oh, was it even better than Logan?" And I liked Logan, but I I, I just didn't think for me it, like it, it, that is a superhero film. Uh, okay, still in the style of like a western or something in comparison, but it's still really about a superhero. Um, but this to me just felt like a perfect comic book film. And I think if you grew up watching the Spider Man animated series, um, either the Spider Man, you know, animated series, the the 60s or the the 90s one, um, I, I think you'll you'll get it. Um, if you only watch the the films, I feel like the original films. I still think you'll enjoy it. But I think to those people that that was their Peter Parker, that that was their Spider Man, or, or even forgetting, of course, the people that read the comic books, this is the ultimate Spider Man. Yeah, in my opinion, I, I yeah, agree. Can't even think of anyone that could possibly play him better than that. Uh, he's the right age. He's got the right spunk. He's uh, it just personifies Spider-Man for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I'll get Adam Santano to disagree when he does his review. But um, no, he's I, already I feel, seen it. That's what, oh no, I know, but he's not. He's not. Uh, he's not yeah. publicly talked about it yet. Oh. But um, yeah, I think he had a few gripes. But um, no, to me, I, I just think it, this is. I said to my wife, she my wife, she um she texted me after I I had left the cinema to ask what I thought and I said it's a Spider Man film nobody wanted or felt it was a Spider Man film that nobody felt they needed. Yeah. But it was a Spider Man film that everyone actually wanted. Yeah. And didn't realise. Because that was it. No one really wanted another Spider Man film. No one wanted another origin film, that's for sure. But no. nobody really was like, oh yes, I need to see another Spider-Man film. But this is a Spider-Man film that they all should have been. Yeah, uh, he is that one character, isn't he, that, that everybody knows. Yeah. And as soon, as soon as you see that name, it's like, oh, he's back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, and that's, you know, I will still go back and I'll watch the Raimi films well, yeah. the first two, the third one doesn't exist in this dojo, um, and I'll probably at some point watch the the Garfield ones again. But uh, I just didn't enjoy those anywhere near as much. And you know, we already said it was a bit of a Sony cash grab at the time. But um, my only fear is what happens next, because yeah. there is going to be more Spider-Man films. 
Yeah. Uh, I think there's still supposed to be an animated one as well. Yes. That's, that's still on the agenda, isn't it? Next year, I think. <laughs> well, they ain't coming out next year. <laughs> I don't think they've even started making it, have they? I, that, I think they possibly... I, it's probably being done at the moment, I would imagine. Right. Because it, it was originally meant to be Lord and Miller, wasn't it? Oh, was it not them? No, I don't believe so. Oh. oh I'm, I believe... I'm... <laughs> I think they died. walked when they were given... When they were giving Han Solo Right, okay. I think they walked away from Spider-Man at that point. Right, okay. Because I was going to say, that was the only reason I was really interested. But if they're not doing it, I don't know. Uh, Don't get me wrong, I don't think they were right for Han Solo. I never felt that. But I I would have still watched it. But um, Spider-Man, you thought, would have been something that they probably would have got a good angle on. Yeah. Um, Okay, yeah, I've just not had anything since. But... um, I don't know what they're going to do with the next film. I mean, Venom is supposed to be coming, isn't it? Yeah. They've announced who's going to play Venom. Um, yeah. And I think that's just going to be a Spider-Man universe film. Yeah, they uh, so many conflicting stories. Uh, originally, it was said that it wasn't anything to do with the MCU Spider-Man. Then Amy Pascal said, yes, it is. Where, while sitting next to Kevin Feige, who's now become a bit of a meme because of it. Um, then they kind of said, oh, they're, they're linked, but they won't affect the MCU. And it's just, it's a bit convoluted at the moment. I don't really know what it is. Right. Because I'll, I'll be honest, like I think, I think Sony needs Marvel yeah. more than Marvel needs Sony. In terms of if they want to keep making crappy Spider-Man films like they were, there's not much that Disney or Marvel can do about that. But if they want to make decent Spider-Man films, I think they need to play friendly with each other. Yeah. So that that's where it is. So if the next Spider-Man film isn't done in conjunction with Marvel, I do even with a great Peter Parker, I do worry about how good it could be. The second one is definitely with Marvel. Okay, at least we've got one uh, more decent Spider-Man film. <laughs> yeah, and that's... I think Tom said that starts filming next summer. Excellent, excellent. And he kind of tries to gloss over the fact that it's a Sony film. Right. He normally, in his in his press statements, he normally talks about Disney and Marvel, but doesn't really mention Sony. You know what? Wouldn't it be interesting if he, has a, if he doesn't have a Sony contract? Like, yeah. his contract is just for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So that if, and this is a big if, but if Sony started to make Spider-Man films without Marvel's involvement, which they could do once this, uh, you know, tr- uh, treaties uh, is in play at the moment, this uh, ceasefire, um, that once that that ends, or if it does end, that he wouldn't be playing Spider-Man anymore. We never know because you well, know we don't have terms of that contract, do we? So no, I believe. He says he signed up for five films. But, well... Infinity... Which would be two solo films and Civil War and the two Infinity War films. Yeah. That's or six. whatever they call in the last part. That's six, isn't it, technically? No. Isn't it? No, it's two solo oh, films. Oh, no, sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, mm. it's it's late yeah. and my maths is rubbish. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that, that could be it as well. Interesting. Cool. Okay, well, we loved it. So, 
hopefully if you was on the fence about going to see it this will um, this will nudge you over it's um, <coughs> so it's, it's definitely better than we could have hoped it could be uh, not the best film ever don't you know but in terms of what you want from a Spider-Man film it ticks nearly all the boxes so uh, two thumbs up yeah definitely right well thank you very much for joining me Paul on this adventure uh, thank you uh, Y2 for your two minute contribution um, bless him he still he still takes me saying he's trying to get back on but that ain't happening <laughs> um, but thank you dear listener for sticking with us hope you enjoyed it uh, if you disagree with us or you agree let us know on our Facebook page um, any of them and um, we will see you with another episode of whatever podcast feed this goes out on soon yeah this will probably be on dad I would imagine and then I believe there's going to be a a strike episode that might be a little bit different to this well yes because I probably won't be there (laughs) no no I think we're planning on doing the like the separate reviews again like we did last time but I might throw in something a little bit different is uh, is Clank going to go and see it then yes he said he's going Monday good stuff good stuff so Cool. So yeah, we'll put, we'll put out the separate reviews and I might do like a, a fact sheet history thing. That would be good, actually. I'll definitely, I'll definitely listen to that episode. So look out for Strike then in that case. Um, uh, yeah, well, in that case then, you better go and like, comment on the Facebook page for Disaster After Dark. And we will see you soon. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web, any size, catches seeds, just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes the Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime. Like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Welcome, fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big bang up. Wherever there's a hang up, you'll find a Spider-Man. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to support Diz After Dark and the other After Dark Network podcasts, please visit our website at www.patreon.com forward slash dizafterdark. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash dizafterdark. Thank you. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.